0: Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media, at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram, and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today, because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message.
1: Well hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us. Before we get into the message, I want to introduce you to some new members of our church. The Lord continues to add almost every week to our number. And so we want to welcome some new folks. This is Matt and Emily Crouch and their kids, Addison, Eli, and Emerson. They transferred their membership last week along with Christina Beckham, who transferred her membership. So let's welcome all of these folks to our church family. So welcome to week five of this series that we're calling Warrior. We're talking about the life of one of the greatest heroes of the Bible, this guy named David. And today in week five, uh, we're going to start it. I just want to ask you a simple question as we navigate through this. Have you ever been lost? I mean, maybe, maybe when you were little, uh, you got separated from your mama in the grocery store. Maybe you took a wrong turn. Maybe you went to Ikea and thought, I'm never getting out alive. Like, uh, so by show of hands, how many of you have ever been lost before? Okay, all right. Here's what I know about being lost. No one ever sets out to to be lost. (laughs) No one ever starts out going, I can't wait to come to the realization that I have no idea where I am or how I'm ever gonna get back. I mean, it just kinda happens. It's stressful when you're lost. It's no fun when you're lost. I heard about a husband and a wife that they were driving in total silence. They had argued about 45 minutes ago on which way to get to an office party, and they took a wrong turn, and they got lost. Finally, the silence was broken only as they passed a barnyard full of pigs and goats. The husband chuckled as they both looked over, and he simply said to his wife, Look, I see some of your relatives. She quickly responded, yeah, my in-laws. Yeah. yeah." Well, today today, as we study this next slice of David's life, I'm entitling the sermon, The Lost Shepherd. Now, if you've grown up in church, you've heard a lot of lost sermons, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. BUT I DOUBT THAT YOU'VE EVER HEARD A SERMON ENTITLED, THE LOST SHEPHERD, BECAUSE REALLY THAT'S WHAT'S GOING ON IN DAVID'S LIFE. FOR A SEASON OF HIS LIFE, HE GETS TOTALLY LOST. NOW now, now LET'S REMIND OURSELVES LAST WEEK THAT DAVID IS ON THE RUN FROM SAUL. HE'S FLEEING FOR HIS LIFE. SAUL IS TRYING TO KILL HIM. And as David is on the run, he finally goes to the city called Nob. That's where the sanctuary, the, uh, the tabernacle is. The high priest is there. And as David goes looking for some, some bread and some weapons, remember that, that God brought him there to give him this special sword. It was the sword of who? Goliath. And David had not held it in, in, in a long time. He's only held it once, and as he holds in his hands the sword of Goliath, we, we, we reminded ourselves that God kept it there for him, that God wanted to give him that sword at that season of his life to say to him, David, I see you. I, I know you feel lonely, and I know you're on the run, and I, I hear you, but David, I will see you through. And the sword is a visual reminder that I got you through one battle. I'll get you through this one. You just have to trust me. So it was a way of God... Kind of replenishing the tank of David to say don't be afraid I'm I'm right here with you well look at the very next verse look at first Samuel twenty-one ten. so David escaped this is the very next verse David escaped from Saul and went to King Achish of what's the next word what are you talking about Willis <laughs> now DO YOU UNDERSTAND WHAT WE JUST READ? TURN TO YOUR NEIGHBOR AND TELL THEM THE NAME OF THE GIANT THAT DAVID KILLED. WHAT WAS HIS NAME? GOLIATH. GOLIATH WAS A PHILISTINE. THE PHILISTINES WERE THE ENEMIES OF ISRAEL. GOLIATH, DO YOU KNOW THE NAME OF HIS HOMETOWN? DO YOU KNOW WHERE HE GREW UP? GATH. WHERE DOES DAVID RUN? GATH. DAVID, FOR SOME REASON, DAVID THINKS IT'S A GOOD IDEA to go to the hometown of the giant that he killed, carrying the sword of the giant he killed. It's stupid. What, what the great theologian, Forrest, Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. This is stupid. Now, before we get too hard on David, how many of us have ever been stupid? Can you see your hands? Yeah, yeah. I've been stupid a lot of my life. I, I, I remember back in the day, joining the 10 CD for a Penny Club. Do you remember that? you remember that back in the 80s? Somehow I thought that was a really good idea, 10 CDs for a penny? I'm stealing from them until I realized I was signed some kind of contract for the next 20 years of my life. I'd be buying a CD for $17. Getting out of that contract was like trying to break out of North Korea. It was hard. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I've done stupid things, but going to Gath, that's off the chart stupid. I mean, that, that's stupid to another degree. David is leaving the people of God for the enemy of God. David is not seeking safety and refuge from God. He's seeking safety and refuge from a pagan king. David is looking for love in all the wrong places. And I think, I think he quickly realizes the stupidity of that move. Look at the next verse, verse 11, but the officers of Achish were unhappy about him being there. Um, Boss, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't this the one that the people honor with dances, singing, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands? Do you remember that song? That's what they sang as David headed into the capital after killing Goliath. They're aware of the number one country hit charts of the Israelites and the line dance, the slingshot that went with it, right? They know exactly who he is and what he's done. He's the guy that took out our champion. And so David gets, uh, gets word of that. He hears that. And then, then, then watch what we read. Look at verse 13. David heard these comments, and he was very afraid of what King Achish of Gath might do to him. So look, look at this. So he pretended to be insane scratching on doors and what's the next word drooling drooling all down his beard now now, there is something called the law of the harvest you reap what you sow you sow stupid you will reap stupid and I think bad stuff happens when we make foolish decisions and with the exception of David's adultery with Bathsheba that we're going to talk about next week I firmly believe this is the next lowest rung in his entire life because we have the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man after God's own heart, the giant killer, the next anointed king of Israel acting like a fool, spray painting doors, drooling all over himself, pretending to be insane just to fit in. Pretending to be crazy just to find acceptance. And again, before you get too hard on him, isn't it interesting what you and I will do to be accepted? Isn't it interesting the links we'll go to to be embraced by other people? Maybe you'll starve yourself because you feel like you got to be a certain size. Or, or maybe you drink till you vomit all over yourself and pass out because you so desperately want to be the life of the party. Or maybe you stretch your stretch your sexual boundaries because everybody's doing it, or maybe you'll just lie to be one of the cool kids. I, I went to St. X here in Louisville, graduated in 85, and I'll never forget our last football game my senior year. We got beat by Trinity by three points, doggone it. And as we were suffering that loss, as I was filing out of the stands at Cardinal Stadium, a uh, bunch of my friends, or not really my friends, a bunch of the cool kids were kind of, hanging out, and they walked over to me, and I was, I had never, you know, been in that circle, and so I was kind of a little taken back by the celebrity status of of this group as they came over, and I just kept quiet and nodded and just kind of tried to fit in, and the conversation began to take place about what is everybody doing after graduation, One guy was going to UK to be a dentist. One guy was going to go to the Air Force. One guy was going to go to UCLA. And finally, somebody in the group said, grammar, where are you going? Well, I had never been spoken to by this this group of people. And I was was just kind of taken back. And I was going to Cincinnati Bible College to be a pastor. But I didn't think that measured up. And in that moment, I wanted to measure up. I wanted to be somebody and so I said well it's a small school in Cincinnati you've never heard of it and another dude said well my sister goes to college in Cincinnati what's the name of your school (laughs) I said "Um, really small school what's it called and I said this I went Cincinnati Bible College and they said what and I said it's Cincinnati Bible College And they said, one guy said, you're going to Cincinnati Barber College? You're going to be a barber? And I said, no, I'm going to go to Cincinnati Bible College, and I'm going to be a pastor. There's a little moment of awkward silence, and one guy said, well, you know what? That's great. That's a cool thing to do. I never took you for the celibate life, but I hope it all goes well. (laughs) And off, off they went. And I remember, I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll never forget this to the day I die. Senior in high school, so many years ago. Walked to my car, wiping tears away from my cheeks. Not because we lost a football game, but because I desperately wanted to fit in, and I, and I just fudged my testimony. I, I was ashamed of, of what I wanted to do. It, it just hampered my walk and my witness, and I, I regret it to this day. So when I think about David doing what he does, I I understand it. It's it's not something that we we would say is okay, but I I get it because, man, I've I've fudged before. I've broken before. They they say David is arrested, placed under house arrest, and I can only imagine that he woke up one morning going, how in the world did I ever get here? Like, why did I come here? Like, like, have, have you ever woken up, like that, like, like, have you ever woken up one day and got I can't believe what came out of my mouth last night. How could I have ever said what I just said? Or maybe you woke up one day and you're like, how, God, how in the world did I do last night what I did? Like, I, I, maybe you've been there. And he finally comes to his senses, and from rock bottom he looks up, and, and God, uh, he escapes, right? He, get, he busts out and he leaves the land of Gath, and he heads back to Israel. And, and I can only imagine as he crossed the border, as he escapes, and, and he looks back, and he's like, you know what? Never, ever again will I ever do that. Like, God, thank you for protecting me. Like, I, like, like, I, I can only imagine him saying, that, that'll never, ever happen to me ever again, no matter what happens. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Well, he goes to hide out in a cave, And God does something pretty funny. Look at what the next thing we read. Look at 1 Samuel 22, look at verse 1. So David left Gath, escaped to a cave of Adullam. Others began coming, men who were in trouble, men who were in debt, or men who were just discontented. And David became the captain of about 400 men. And I laughed when I read that. Because I'm like, that's awesome. David is back in town, living in a cave down by the river and uh, you know if if you are discontent with life if you hate life if you can't pay your bills if you're in trouble with the law come on over we'll leave the light on for you and all these discontents all these people who hate life just show up at his doorstep and in reality uh, this is a this is a an important season in the life of David. In this lost season of his life, God's still trying to teach him some things. And here's what David learns. David learns everybody's broken. Now, now, now last week we, we talked about this, right? Last week we talked about we're all, being, we're all jacked up. Now, I didn't go back to listen to it, so I think I might have dreamed it, but I want to double check. Did I actually tell you to turn to your neighbor and tell them you're one jacked up Cheeto? Did I, t- did I, say? I didn't dream that. <laughs> And I'm your pastor. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're all messed up people, right? And as David is going through this season of life, everybody's jacked up. Everybody's messed up, right? But I think what God was teaching him is, David, in spite of your jacked upness, right? In spite of your brokenness, you need other people. And other people need you. And someone here today needs to hear that. Because I can only imagine in a group this large, someone is sitting right here this very moment, thinking to themselves, nobody in my life cares. Nobody cares about what I'm going through. Nobody in my life knows about what I'm going through. I put on a happy face, but nobody really knows. Somebody here this morning is sitting there thinking, I'm dealing with all of this alone, and it's crushing me. And I just want to remind you, you need other people. And other people need you. YOU NEED PEOPLE TO CONNECT WITH WHO SERVE THE SAME GOD YOU SERVE, WHO ARE DRAWN TO THE SAME CAUSES, WHO ARE GOING THROUGH THE SAME AFFLICTIONS. IN THIS LOST SEASON OF HIS LIFE, DAVID LEARNS YOU DON'T HAVE TO GO THROUGH IT ALONE. YOU'RE NOT SUPPOSED TO GO THROUGH IT ALONE. AND SOME OF THESE These relationships, some of these people become some of David's best friends. They become brothers in arms. Some of them become his mighty men, and they go on to do amazing things. One of them kills a giant with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. I don't know if his name was Indigo Montoya. I'll leave that one up to you. But a guy who kills a giant with six fingers and six toes on each hand, that's a nasty giant. Another one of these guys will kill Goliath's giant brother. Another one of these guys will kill 800 dudes in one battle. Another one of these guys will save David's life when he's in battle. And and I think what David is learning is, we don't have to go through it alone. Community is a big deal. And I want you to know, whatever's going on in your life, in this lost season of life, if you're in one, don't go through it alone. Well, the next couple of chapters, chapters 22 to 26, kind of more of the same. Saul's not only trying to kill David, but now he's trying to kill all of David's little friends, too. So another thing happens. Samuel the prophet dies. I think that was a big deal to David. Samuel was the one who anointed him to be king early on. And when Samuel dies, it's kind of like David's mentor. Like, like that, that was the guy who promised. So I think that was a big hit. The Philistines invade uh, Israel. It's just, there's a lot going on in this season of David's life. And I think the grind just kept getting worse and harder and life on the run. All this stuff's happening. And then we come to it. We come to this another moment, right? Listen to what we read. Look at verse 1 of chapter 27. David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. Best thing I can do, best thing I can do is escape escape to the where? Philistines. Best thing I can do is go back to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. So David took his now 600 men, went over, and they joined Achish, son of Malak, and and the, the king of Gath. David and his men and their family settled down with Achish at he goes back. The place he, he said, I'm never go i never coming back. He goes back. The place that was nothing but trouble. The people that were nothing but trouble. Man, the place where he acted like a fool. The place where he drooled all over himself. He, he goes back. There's a passage of the Bible that speaks clearly about this. If you're going to have a memory verse this week, I would have you memorize Proverbs 26, 11 as a dog returns to its vomit so a fool repeats his folly isn't that a great passage it's one that every junior high boy would love to memorize yeah. as a dog returns to eat its vomit so a fool repeats his folly this is a lost shepherd AND DAVID DOESN'T JUST TAKE HIMSELF, HE NOW TAKES HIS MEN AND THEIR FAMILIES. HE NOW HAS A FAMILY. HE TAKES HIS FAMILY, AND HE GOES BACK TO GATH. AND THE QUESTION THAT I ASKED THIS WEEK IS WHY? WHY IN THE WORLD DOES HE GO BACK? IT'S NOT LIKE GOD TOLD HIM TO GO. WHEN YOU READ ABOUT DAVID ON THE RUN FROM SAUL, OVER AND OVER AND OVER AGAIN, YOU WILL READ, DAVID ASKED THE LORD. DAVID INQUIRED OF THE LORD. DAVID PRAYED TO THE LORD. When he does this, he never once inquires. He never once asks. He just says, I'm gonna go. I think I should go. And it's a horrible, horrible mistake. Instead of leaning on God, David leans on himself. It gets worse. Listen to what he says to this pagan king. Look at First Samuel 27 to 5. David said to Achish, if I have found favor in your eyes, LET A PLACE BE ASSIGNED TO ME IN ONE OF THE COUNTRY TOWNS THAT I MAY LIVE THERE." I READ THAT THIS WEEK, AND I REALLY HAD TO STOP. IF I HAVE FOUND FAVOR IN YOUR EYES, HE, he IS FAWNING OVER, TRYING TO FIND ACCEPTANCE WITH A PAGAN KING, SEEKING FAVOR ONCE AGAIN FROM THE WORLD. David SEEKING SAFETY AND REFUGE, NOT IN GOD, BUT IN THIS HUMAN KING. I THINK IT'S WORSE THAN THAT. After months of living in in Philistine country Achish wants to go to war against Israel go to war against David's people look at what we read in first Samuel 28 1 in those days the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel Achish said to David now you must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army what he's saying is David you gotta understand if you're on my side you gotta go with me and fight your people kill your people David said, well, yeah, then you will see for yourself that your what's the next word? Servant. David says he's Achish's servant. You'll see what your servant can do. Achish replied, very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. And again, I'm reading this and I'm like, how does a man after God's own heart run to the enemy? How does a guy who journeyed to the dark side of the moon go back? How does a guy who was once the servant of Saul become the bodyguard of Achish? How does the next anointed king of Israel go out to fight against his own people? There's only one explanation. He's lost. He's lost. David lives with the enemy for about a year and a half. Sixteen months and do you know what we never find in those 16 months as he's living where he's not supposed to live? You know what we never find? We never find that he writes a single psalm. He, he, he writes 75, he writes half the psalms. In this 16 months, not one psalm is written. Not one prayer is ever recorded. He's silent. He's dark. He's living in a place he's not supposed to be living The village that he lives in, the men are all out once on a raid. And while they're gone, uh, an enemy comes and and attacks the town, takes all the women and children as POWs. And when they come back, they find that their town has been burned and all the men want to turn and kill on. There are consequences for living with the enemy. And so then David cries out to God. God says, go get them. And so David you know gets everything all the people come by but but that's that had to be highly traumatic and while he's living there um the philistines invade israel they kill david's best friend jonathan they they wound saul and in that battle saul kills himself rather than be taken prisoner they cut all the heads of all the royal family off pass them all around the cities of the philistines all the philistines are happy everybody but david that that's his homeland and so David finally, I think, I think cracks. He, he, he finally comes to his senses. I mean, what am I doing here? What, why, why is this happening? And in the ache and the lostness, David finally does something that he's not done in 16 months. Listen to what we read, 2 Samuel 2, one. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord. He hadn't done that in a long time. He inquired of the Lord. Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? And the Lord said, go up. David said, where where am I to go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. David finally looks up. He finally turns his face back towards God. And he finally reaches out and seeks the face of God. And in spite of his lostness, in spite of all of his foolishness and his bad decisions, God still loves David. And God still aches for David. And God wants to bless David. And and, and when David finally turns to him, what does God say to him? Come home. Come home. So what are we to make of this? What are the handles? How does this impact your life and mine? What are we to draw from this account? Well, a couple of things. Here's the first thing that I would suggest that, that you and I should take from this account. To all of those who claim Christ as their Lord. If you're here this morning and you're a believer in Jesus, you've confessed him, you've put on Christ, I would simply say to you this morning, don't you dare go back to the world from which you came. You can't go back. Don't don't go back. David went to a land that hated him. A people who he had nothing in common with. A land full of gods he did not serve, a land that wanted to change him, reshape him, turn him. He lost 16 months of his life. He tried to find approval. He tried to find safety. He tried to find comfort in a world in which he did not belong. And he was a broken man when he, when he tried to find it there. He acted like a fool. He went back for seconds, and every time he was desperately disappointed. And again, I'm just here today to remind you, this world is not your home. America is not your home. Your citizenship is heaven. Your family is Christ. You you are not supposed to fit in here. Did, did, did Did you know that? Christianity was never designed to be popular. You are just passing through this world. You are not meant to fit into its mold. THIS WORLD WILL NEVER UNDERSTAND US. THIS WORLD WILL NEVER AGREE WITH US. THE WORLD MARCHES TO THE BEAT OF A DIFFERENT DRUMMER. LISTEN TO WHAT OUR our JESUS SAID. Look, LOOK AT JOHN 15, THE WORDS OF OUR SAVIOR. THE WORLD WOULD LOVE YOU AS ONE OF ITS OWN IF YOU BELONG TO IT, BUT YOU DON'T. YOU ARE NO LONGER PART OF THE WORLD. I CHOSE YOU TO COME OUT OF THE WORLD, SO THAT'S WHY IT HATES YOU. WHEN YOU BECAME A CHRISTIAN, YOU BECAME THE CITIZEN OF A NEW COUNTRY, YOU ARE A NEW CREATION, THE OLD IS GONE, THE NEW HAS COME, EVERYTHING CHANGES, SO HERE'S THE DEAL, WHEN YOU ARE TEMPTED TO GO BACK, AND YOU WILL BE, WHEN FOLLOWING JESUS GETS REALLY HARD, AND IT WILL BE, When you look over at the world and you think they're having so much fun, and you will, you need to remember this. You can't go back. And if you try to go back, the world will never take you back as you are. They will not receive you with a redeemed heart with a Biblical mindset, with a transformed life, with a regenerated soul. If you go back, what's gonna to happen to David is gonna to happen to you. You will change. You will act foolish. You will jettison your morals. You will, you will cave because you wanna fit in. And the longer you go back and the longer you stay, the more you'll change. The only way You can put a square peg into a round hole is to change the peg. You'll never change the hole. So so, so what do we, don't go back. You can't go back. So that's handle number one. Second handle I think you and I should take from this is this. If you ever wake up and you feel lost, if you ever do go back and the day comes where you wake up and you go, how in the world did I get here? how 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 god how in the world did i do the things i did did i say the things i said god i feel so lost i feel so broken i feel so far away from you if you ever find yourself there if you ever find yourself lost remember what we learn about god see the bible teaches us a lot about humanity but again it teaches us more about god do you remember what we learn about god from this whole encounter when David did reach up, when David did look up, when David repented, when David said, God, what am I doing here? Do you remember what God said? God said, come home. Just come back home. And maybe somebody here needs to hear that. You need to hear God say, wake up and come back home. Maybe, maybe you need to be reminded of the prodigal son. Do you remember that story? About a son who grew up in the father's house. See, a lot of people think the prodigal son is about lost people. No, it's not. Like, like, like non-Christian people, people live? No. It's about a son who lived under the house, under the roof of the father. Story's about a believer who wanders. And the son said, I've had enough of this. I'm going to live in the far country. And he got up, remember that? And he spent all that he had and a famine came. The Bible says he was feeding pigs. Finally, as he came to his senses. He woke up and he said, you know what? I gotta go home. And you remember what happened when he came home? There was no lectures. There was no anger. He was just simply met by a loving father who said... My son is home. Let's throw a party. Bring, bring the robe, bring the ring, kill the fatted calf. This lost son of mine has come home. So my friend, if you are lost today, if you have wandered to the dark side of the moon, man, wake up, stop running, and come home. Story of the lost shepherd. Let's pray.
0: Well thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus. To become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, you'll be able to see other podcasts we have just like this one you'll be able to stay up to date on fern creek christian church news and announcements and you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year man you need to download this app today i'm serious go do it hey i want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on sunday mornings either online or in person we have three services One at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website, www.ferncreekcc.org, and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300. Or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week Grace, peace, see you next time, church.